Today's podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. You know that feeling when you drive down a nice neighborhood and you see that one beautiful lawn perfectly trimmed? What must it feel like to come home to that lawn, knowing the work you've put into it and the pride that comes with that? Well, the same can apply to your body. Keeping yourself properly trimmed and smelling great not only gives you the confidence to step up when you need to, it might surprise and delight your partner. So use Manscaped. Manscaped is the official sponsor of our podcast, and it's number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. The Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology so you won't nick or snag your nuts. That's fun to say. And don't use the same trimmer on your nuts that you use on your face because... Let's be honest, that's kind of gross. So right now, you get 20% off with free shipping by using the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's armchair. Always use the right tools for your family jewels. Your balls will thank you. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. everybody we're about to start the bird calls live podcast i'm gonna begin with this because i feel like it's the greatest moment in pell's history so listen I got you two guys here for the Bird Calls podcast. Zion, I feel like it changed the Pelicans' trajectory and possibilities, but they've lost 11 in a row. And I felt for like a moment they were going to be okay, but now they've lost 11 in a row. Where are we with the Pelicans? I recently put this Zion case on my phone and ever since then it hasn't worked and I think that is one you know a great analogy for how the season has been and the promise of something new and something exciting and something nice for yourself and it all just blows up in your face and that's how the season has been so far I Ollie the Pelicans I know they're rebuilding right and I know they don't necessarily care about winning, but like this, this level of product, it can't continue, right? <sighs> do you want the truth or do you want... I'm drunk, <laughs> I want the truth. <sighs> Nobody ever expected for the Pelicans to be in these shoes, honestly. When you guys saw what? They landed Zion, they hired David Griffin. Everything that they've done, up including through preseason where they didn't lose a game, right? Everybody was excited. You really thought they were turning a page? Nobody expected for the bottom to drop out like this. And it's really more than just Zion being gone, guys. It's more than just all the team injuries. When you add it all up, you look at the head coach. He doesn't really fit. You got young guys. It's really been probably, I think we have a better chance of getting hit by an asteroid than what happened to Pelicans. Nobody likes to hear it. Nobody likes to hear excuses. But honestly, this this whole season so far has been one giant excuse. Well, here's, here's my question is I'm, look, I'm feeling it for David Grubb, by the way. David Grubb, his show, Hard in the Paint, is fantastic. You should check it out. It's great. I'm feeling it for him. He's got the stomach flu, much like my four-year-old child. But here's the thing. I'm a casual Pelican fan, right? I bought the league pass. I was psyched for Zion. Is that 
momentum and excitement that we had for Zion, is that gone completely or does it come back the minute Zion suits up and does a dunk and is the lead on SVP? I think for sure it comes back really quickly because I, th I think one thing we've seen is that the defense has been so bad and it's mainly because Derek Favors has been gone and now we got Derek Favors back and you could see in the last game that that was starting to correct itself. And, you, and so the team's playing harder, playing better than when you add in the dynamic superstar and what we've seen um, in preseason um, and, you know, throughout his college career and the dynamic personality that this team is kind of missing because, you know, Brandon Ingram has been, had a great year so far, but he's not like a personality that energizes the fan base. He's not dynamic. Um, He's not outspoken, he's kind of reserved, but Zion is that guy that lights up the room when he walks in, he brings that energy. And it's something this team has missed forever because even Anthony Davis, while he wowed you on the court, off the court, he was, you know, a church boring. mouse. Yeah, extremely boring. I mean, you know, he, he couldn't, he could only get oil uh, endorsements, you know? Like, I mean, I feel like, I feel like Anthony Davis He's the most boring superstar I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Of course. Life. He had zero personality, and Zion is the exact opposite of that. Zion gets endorsed. Like, I feel like Zion wakes up and is like, oh, I got nine endorsement offers already? Ah, oh, that's cool. And he goes back to sleep. But here's a question. Zion got a puppy, and I feel like he's every Pelican fan ever is like, we need a puppy. So my question is, is it going to get better soon? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I do think it's going to get better soon because one of the things that made it, it so... Worse. That's true. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> but one of the things is that we've seen growth in Jackson Hayes. And like I said, getting Derek Favors back sort of fixes a lot of the defensive issues that we've been having. Um, and then it helps you better evaluate the rest of the roster and see where they are. Because if you have no rim protection back there, which is what they were throwing out there with Julia Okafor, who's, if I ever have to see him play basketball again, I want to <laughs> rip my eyes out and pour acid in them. Um, so hopefully no more Julia Okafor soon. And, uh, you know, I, th I think we will get back to some winning ways because you're seeing Lonzo turn the corner a little bit. Um, you're seeing some rotations make sense. You're still seeing some weird things from Alvin Gentry, like the well, fact that he's starting Julia Okafor. Ollie, I want to and, talk about that. Yeah. Alvin Gentry, I love him because he seems like such a gregarious guy, and he was, two years ago, he was so fun in the playoffs and the press conferences. But, like, what's his future here? And if they continue to lose, is he in danger of getting axed? He should be, but the thing is, you don't think it'll happen this year. No matter how much they lose, guys, they, that's the last thing they want to do. With these four rookies that are now been brought in, the futures here, Zion, one of the most impactful players to hit, you know, an NBA team in the last 20 years. Last thing they want to do is send a coach home that Zion actually likes, his parents love, and this whole season, even though you wanted to be competitive, it wasn't really about winning. It was about development. And this is the thing you got to understand. This is where kind of Griffin made an error, guys. He tried to win now and later. So half of the roster was built to win now. You, you keep Drew Holiday. You add Derek Favors. You sign J.J. Redick. 
And then, of course, you got all these young guys, all these rookies. I was so excited when they when they signed J.J. Redick. I was like, oh, my God, Griffin thinks they're a playoff team. A legitimate shooter. I, yeah, right? I was like, oh, my God, he's... This he, guy had made 13 playoffs in a row. Yeah, I was like, this, <laughs> the, the Pelicans think they're... And... And the joke. If I ever meet David Griffin in person, I'm going to be like, dude, you owe me $275. I bet the over 38 and a half on the Pelicans. You we owe me did. money. Yeah, we all did. And, and, and you know what? David Griffin's unhappy about this. Our first four games of the year, talked to Griffin just for a little bit. He was upset about them just losing those first four games. This was never supposed to happen like this. Well, I will say this about David Griffin, and, and I do think this is the positive for the Pelicans, is... You know, they had all the rumors with Zion. He's going to be out for the year. He's going to be out longer than he said. And with Dell Demps, he never sp- – I can't remember – I can't remember him saying anything where David Griffin was proactive and, like, came out and addressed it. At least it's a different time with the Pelicans. Do you feel like David Griffin is more proactive and, and helps the Pelicans brand and connecting with the fans? I feel like he's a professional wrestler manager. You know, he's kind of, like, out there, like, just throwing out propaganda and being robust. One thing I got to give him uh, credit for is that, like, this, during this losing streak, I sit in the, um, in the arena, I sit 22 rows up from the court, like, right behind the Pelicans bench. And lately, him and Trajan Langdon have been sitting in my section amongst the fans which seems like a very dangerous thing to do at this That's time. That's really dangerous. If I was you a Pelican season I'm mad about my league pass. <laughs> Right, so, I mean, they're sitting there while people are booing Alvin Gentry all around them, you know, yelling at the court, walking past them, whispering, this is fucking pathetic. All of that is happening all around them, and yet every week they show up and sit in these seats for some reason. So I got to give him credit for that. Um, but, yeah, I think he's a little bit of a propaganda machine, um, and, you know, I think he thought that they would be a, a good team for sure, but I think he should have sort of mitigated what they what he said a little bit in the sense that like I think that we can be a playoff team but what we're really going to be is a fun team that grows throughout the year and if everything hits right we will be a playoff team instead of coming out saying we're going to beat people's asses which is you know like I said you know yeah Yeah. he got that response so all right so we're nine days away from Festivus Seinfeld fans so with the Pelicans tying the longest losing streak in franchise history, we're going to have an airing of the grievances. <laughs> so we came up with three trivia questions around Zion. Go to Live Mike. You answer the trivia t-shirt. You get a free t-shirt. Do you, have, do you guys have names? Uh, you, in the front row, go to the, go to the Live Mike. You get a free t-shirt if you answer the trivia question right. How about that? Okay, so w- say your name and where you're from. Luis from St. Rose. Nice. All right, so when was the last time the Pelicans lost 11 games in a row? So this is fun. I actually know this one. Uh, they, were definitely led, they were definitely led by Xavier Henry at the time. So 2012 is when the last time they won 11, or lost 11 games. AD's rookie year, huh? Dear God, give this man a t- <laughs> give this man a T-shirt and a hug. Good job, boys. I mean that that Saints fans, we think we suffer from like we're Thank like you. oh they went seven and nine that's terrible. No, no. I mean if you're watching the Hornets under PJ Brown and uh, 
Who's the guy that was the white, the white point guard? Dan Dickow, baby. If you're watching that, you're you're a true fan. So, where are we with the Lakers trade and how we feel about it? And I'll start. I'll start with you, Kevin. Um, I'm still pretty good with it. I think Brandon Ingram has proven to be, um, you know, potential superstar and is continually growing. And he fills a need that we've never had really since. Jamal Mashburn for a year and a half at small forward, a guy that, you know, can do more than one thing at the small forward position and can do more than one thing very well. And he's also a guy who you can put the ball in his hands to close out a game, which is something that we've desperately lacked uh, for a while, especially, you know, we've seen Drew Holiday. He, he um, you know, could be in a remake of Cinderella where the last two minutes of the game, he turns into a pumpkin and a bunch of rats, you know, like, Great all game, but in the clutch he just falls apart. So we need that other guy. Why um, are they so? Why are they so bad? Now, here's the easy way to look at this this trade. Griffin was not going to get anything else from anybody else that was worth this kind of value. If the Boston Celtics were going to give up or give up any kind of assets for Anthony Davis, they were only going to give and send back one decent one. Rob Palenka of the Lakers, he bent over backwards to make David Griffin happy, to make this deal happy or happen. So it's a no-brainer. It's a win. Well, here's, here's my question with the Pelicans. Do you feel like the Lakers' long-term outlook makes that trade good? Like, do you feel like the Lakers, yeah, they're, they're great now, but in, like, 2023, are those picks going to be really, really nice? How old is LeBron? How many miles has he got on that body? A ton. And we know Anthony Davis cannot play with a legitimate playmaker. So AD's going to be in L.A. hearing all those cat calls, wondering why the Lakers aren't winning. And by the way, guys, if you look at the numbers, the Lakers have been actually a bad team when it's just Anthony Davis out in the court, right? So same thing we saw in New Orleans. The guy can't carry a team. So those draft picks, Ralph, they're going to be gold. I need to hear that. So... Here's my other question that I, I want to get off topic for is the Pelicans, I don't, under, I don't understand basketball analytics. I don't understand football analytics. I'm just here for the jokes. But you guys on the, the birds, right, I read all the time. You're like, they're bad in clutch situations. Why are they so fucking bad in the game in the last five minutes when the game is close? Well, a lot of times they don't have an actual point guard on the court to run plays. Um, and when you have an offense that Alvin Gentry has, which is a total free-flow offense, freelance offense, you know, you have people that are not used to making decisions, and they're in charge of making these decisions. And it's a team that doesn't necessarily have a lot of sets built in because of this type of offense they set. And when the game slows down at the end of the game um, is when you want to start running sets. So, you know, nobody, nobody knows who to defer to. Nobody knows who to give the ball to. Um, and then we have boneheaded decisions where we have bad lineups sometimes. We have Drew Holiday inbounding a ball, being guarded by a seven-foot-tall player. player you know, so, it, you know, it's a, it's a combination of coaching, a combination of offensive style. It's a combination of not having a legitimate point guard at the moment um, because Lonzo's so been bad. out. Is it, is it going to even out eventually? Uh, you know, I've never had a lot of faith in Alvin Gentry. I didn't want him to be hired to begin with, so I don't know. God I don't think kill. he's the right answer for this team, and I don't know well, that it will. I think it'll get better just because we're going to have better players on the court. 
um, because we'll have Zion. We'll probably start to see Lonzo in clutch situations more, getting the ball out of Drew's hands, getting a decision maker. Um, so I think it will improve. I don't think it's going to be a strength. All right, so much like uh, random women wandering into Kevin's house, we have a random person. No, he's not random. He writes for the bird rights. Uh, it's Trevor. So Trevor, thanks for joining us. Too nice. So Trevor, my question to you is, uh -oh. Zion, we're all excited about him. I'm pumped about him. I got the jersey. I got it all. Is he, was his preseason what we saw of him? It was the best preseason any NBA player has done in 30 years, stat-wise. Is that real? And is that going to translate when we finally see him, whenever we finally see him? I'm not sure off the top of my head if it's the last picture we have of him, but that game where he plays against the Jazz, Rudy Gobert going straight at a two-time Defensive Player of the Year, you can't really take anything away from that other than the fact that it is real, that he is capable of doing that, that he's going to do that against the best defenders in the NBA night in and night out. The question obviously is, can he hold up and do that night-to-night basis? Do you, do you guys think that, and that's a great question, and I'll start with you, Kevin. Zion, you know, is his body going to, is he going to be like a shooting comet across the sky where he's not going to give you 15 years, but for five years, he's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, we've never really seen a guy like this that has that kind of weight and that kind of athleticism. Um, you know, he reminds me a lot of Orlando Shaq, but heavier and shorter, you know, more compact, but he has that, like, speed and explosiveness before Shaq sort of slowed down, and he has that, he has that uh, handle also. Um, so it's, it's tough to say because I think now with uh, nutrition and with Aaron Nelson coming along to the team and – the way I thought he was going to be Wonder Doctor. Yeah, I mean, he there's no, like, science and voodoo don't mix, so that's one of the issues that we have. But um, I think that, you know, Zion is in a better situation now than he would have been if he came into the league, you know, five, ten years ago. So his, his trajectory should last longer. Now can he develop skills that will make him last when his athleticism dies? You know, you see a guy like Blake Griffin who – is now stretching himself out to the three-point line, being a playmaker from beyond the arc. Uh, I think, you know, Zion can get to that point, so if his body begins to become a problem, that he can still be an effective player in the league. But like you said, for the next five to maybe eight years, he should be an athletic dynamo that just tears people up. I got something to add to that. You guys know who Antonio Daniels is, right? He's on the Fox broadcast with Joel Myers doing every Pelicans game. I miss he, David Wesley, I'm not going to lie. The energy Daniels brings is incredible. How can you say that? I Ralph, mean, I just Dave, heard your podcast. But the thing is, David Wesley, he was like disappointed dad when they would play that defense, and I just, the <laughs> unintentional comedy of that was amazing. We could probably talk about this for the next half hour, but Antonio Daniels, we asked him the same question. He said something interesting to me. He's like, just as freak as, as Zion is athletically, freakish, right? He's, and Griffin always refers to him as a player of one. There really hasn't been another one. Well, look at some guys that have been kind of really overweight for this size but always kept their athleticism, you know, through their careers. And he gave me two names, Charles Barkley, LeBron James. Neither one of those guys have had any kind of bad injuries, yeah. and both of them had at least 250 pounds or plus for however long their careers lasted and are still lasting. So I love that answer. 
Here's my question to you. Uh, have the Pelicans decided with Zion? They're like, eh, Zion, you know, why don't you just stay out four more weeks? Yeah, like, we could take it, and we could be another, have another top three pick. Trevor, I'll start with you. Well, I think it's really difficult based on the situation that you're in now because if you do that, you, you've completely taken away the product that you sold the fan base before the season. So you're kind of where, where the frustration is at with a lot of the fans. It's the same place you're going to be even more so if, if something like that was to happen, which is why I think it won't, because you've gone so far deep into giving them Zion, giving them competition, giving them won't bow down, giving them we're going to beat people's asses. And if you keep him out of the, you know, out of the loop for the whole season just to keep him healthy, then you're, you're kind of doing the fans a disservice based on what you told them. By the way, why are the Pelicans social media people so much better than the fucking Saints? <laughs> like, why is that? Well, yeah. Thinking about how to be positive, right? No, they're a good group, and uh, I, I know a few of those guys, and um, they, they really are top-notch. If you watch how they, they can just take the highlights and they nail them, and, and then, of course, those three-liners, four-line zingers that they got that they always do with other teams. And you guys, if you're not on Twitter, you're really missing out. Because when you're going through these losses, you need something, right? You can't wait, just watch wait, 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 wait. People aren't on Twitter <laughs> 10 hours a day like me. What? What? Okay. See, two. The rest of you. Come on. <laughs> All right. So now we have our second trivia question. Uh, so who should we pick out of the audience? To, to I think we should throw this one up to everybody. All right. Throw, this is, a, all, this right? is a free for all. This is a tough one, though. Which head coach won the most game in franchise history for the Pelicans? Anybody know? Who's the winningest head coach in New Orleans history? Paul Silas. Is it Paul? No. Tim Floyd? <laughs> I can't believe it. Nobody has said the answer yet. Jeff, Jeff. Boom, over here. Byron Scott. Byron Scott. Yay, go to my, go to my wife and get your T-shirt. Here's the thing, as we, as we head on, you know, we've talked about Zion, we talked about Alvin Gentry, but you look ahead the rest of the year, what, not, not, what's, not what achievable win-loss-wise, but what as the main Pelican blog, the Pelican blog with the most traffic, by the way, nobody's even close to them, give it up for them, what do y'all want to see? When we get to April and May, and I'll start with you, Kevin, what are you going to be, what do you want to see from here to there to where you'll be, not satisfied, but you'll be like, okay, that's progress. Okay, so I guess a short-term goal is, you know, say if Zion comes back in the next couple of weeks, hopefully quickly enough before the trade deadline, you want to see if there's some sort of shift and some sort of momentum going. Um, and I also want to desperately add another big man that can protect the rim because right now, you know, you have to play Julia Local. How hard is that to get? I mean, there's guys at the bottom of other teams' rosters that you might be able to get, like a, a Kylo Quinn, somebody like that, maybe even Myers Leonard. You guys love that, too. I love I read your blog every day. Yeah. You, you, you I have an obsession with that. him. And Ed Davis as well as my other guy. But you're not getting Ed Davis. Um, <laughs> so... That's one thing. And then if you start to see that either Zion's not coming back 
for a while or it's just not working together, then you start to try to sell off some of the veterans like JJ and um, Favors, you know, try to send them, maybe even Drew. Um, and then from there, you want to see development from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think he's not getting enough minutes. I, he's not scoring really right now. He was amazing in the preseason. He was I wanted amazing. to adopt in him. Summer league, he was incredible. But even right now when he's on the court, um, you know, he's always a he's in plus minus positive, usually on a team that's full of negatives. He does like small things. He w should have like six assists every game that he plays, but people can't hit shots. You know, he sets people up well, defends well. He drives to the basket, which Alonzo's uh, not doing. Are you saying Eton Moore isn't good? Eton Moore hasn't is been uh, like eliminated from the roster. He's like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind from the rotation. Um, so we don't even know what Etwan Moore is anymore. Um, and, you know, I want to see what Lonzo is, but one of the mo biggest difficulties that I have with this whole situation is, you know, I was against retaining Gentry in the offseason. I thought mm. you, change, <laughs> you change 15 players on the roster. You're starting a whole new era. Um, you should start with a new identity from the beginning. And if you had a new younger coach in there, then you'd have a fan base that would be more patient with that coach. Now we have a guy that we've already, most of us are tired of. And, and I don't want to judge what Lonzo is as a player when he's so young and so talented and has the pedigree he has when he's playing for a coach that I don't think utilizes him in a correct way. And I don't want to flip him at the deadline but it's one of those things you need to evaluate. Is this a guy that's going to be on your team long term because he's a big piece of the Anthony Davis trade, um, a big focal point of that. Um, could be the future point guard for the future, but you don't really know because I don't think the system fits him and I don't think the coach uses him correctly, and I don't really have faith in the coach. So it's a, it's a tough situation that we're in, and I don't think that they should fire Alvin Gentry during the season um, because of all the other reasons that Ali already said, but I think – you know, it's it's a, a failure to not address that last offseason and move him into the front office, as was speculated. Get a guy like uh, David Vanderpool or somebody that's not a system coach. Well, that's a that's a great question. You talk about long term, and I want all of you guys three to answer. Brandon Ingram, his contract, they're going to have to decide what they're going to do with him. This one's easy. You give him the max deal. This, it's already one, written. This, this one's not hard, Ralph. Have you been watching the games with this guy? I have do? been watching. He's amazing. And Kevin already said we have not had a small forward in our history doing what this guy can do. And honestly, guys, he does look more closely like a Kevin Durant than anybody else I think has since Kevin Durant. And no fear. No, all of you, no fear paying him the max? No, not anymore. Um, I mean, I always thought he was a good player. Um, my only concern with him was his um, – his injury situation, you know, the blood clot thing, we didn't even know how he was going to come back from that, but that seems to have, you know, no bearing on his career from now on. So, um, yeah, I, I think definitely give him the max. And then, and he's a restricted free agent, so, like, you know, people are concerned that we didn't extend him, but no matter what anyone offers him, we can just max it and he's on our team long term. So I think, you know, he's definitely part of the future. Also, with, I think one of the undervalued parts with him is, is his leadership. Even with how soft-spoken he is and tends to be, um, he, he never fails to, to take credit for, for a loss, for a failure where he could have made a difference in the game. Um, like I said, definitely not the loudest voice, and that's an area that the Pelicans really need an alpha, a, a voice in that locker room that not only leads them on the court through clutch situations in the locker room, but 
you know, in all of those areas, they don't really have that right now. Maybe you hope that Zion is that, but I think Brandon's kind of your, your B there your, instead of the A that, that kind of stands back and handles the other areas of the leaderships in the locker room. And, and I think that's a, a very well, undervalued piece of what he brings to the table. Gambling. It's not the most prevalent of topics at the family barbecue, but the truth is it can be quite fun. Picking a couple of friends to play some friendly wagers before a game can immediately raise the stakes and make your Sundays even more exhilarating. And that's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Football fans, you can even bet after kickoff. So if it looks like your bet is fading, just take the other side. If you like to bet a lot, try a parlay. You can multiply your winnings and brag to your friends as the money rolls in. But now is the best time to join because MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Well, after the Phoenix game, the last game that the Pelicans right. won, I was like... It's me and his money. So we got some. We got Andrew at the live mic. Andrew, you got a question? Yeah, I got an audience question here, and uh, this is gonna make you guys want to throw up to even think about this. I'm sorry for asking it. Andrew but... hate texts me every day about <laughs> yeah. the Pelicans. He loves the Pelicans, and he just he gambles on them. I think, and he <laughs> I hate, hate texts every, every hate day. Them. So, I mean, looking at this pragmatically in terms of just this season. I feel like, and I, I know for you guys, it's brutal to hear these words because there's a lot of expectation and a lot of hope with the Pelicans. But I'm already, and this is just me as a fan, I'm personally at a place where this is a lost season already. And I, I hope Zion comes back soon. I hope he looks awesome on the court. Uh, but in terms of win-losses, in terms of making the playoffs, like that ship has sailed for, for me. So my question to you guys is, I know Lonzo Ball's brother is in this draft. And I guess two-part question, when do we start rooting to lose for ping pong balls? And Two balls. And, and, and for a chance at another first pick. You're saying may... we need help losing then, right? Well, yeah. I okay. mean, so when do we start thinking about who do we pair Zion with in the future? And then... Second part of the question is, who's the guy? Yeah, so this is what Griffin had always wanted, was just to see these veterans play with Zion and figure out which ones he should keep. Is Drew Holiday a guy that you want to keep next to Zion, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram? We don't know. We still don't know that. Same thing with J.J. Redick. He's got another year. Derek Favors, the Pelicans, you know, Jackson Hayes has shown a lot, actually, more than we ever thought this year. So the thought before this season was, we're going to need somebody else besides Jackson, because honestly, the kid's 19, he weighs maybe, I don't know, five more pounds than me. I mean, the guy's really a rail. So you thought maybe Derek Favors would be another guy you'd want to sign, but now it's really a toss-up. But the easiest answer is, if they don't get to play enough games long, Zion, you kind of have to forego that evaluation period because you've got to get something for these guys before the trade deadline because chances are these guys don't want to be here. There's been kind of whispers, and I've been hearing in the locker room, that obviously these guys, the vets, they don't want to be on a losing team. They're getting on in their careers. They want to be on a winning team. So you've got to think Griffin's going to do right by them, move them somewhere else, and, of course, he's going to get something for them. Well, I was just going to add to that um... – I think we see with the way that the Pelicans win the draft lottery last year at what, the sixth best, best odds it was, 
that, that you know, rooting to lose and, and be in the top spot with the highest percentage of, of ping pong balls or whatever doesn't always do you a service in, in those situations. doesn't always guarantee, look at the New York Knicks. It doesn't guarantee you what you want, what you're looking for, what you would be saying as a fan that, all right, yeah, the, the season is, a, is at a loss now, but I'm going to root the rest of the season that we get this player or that player. And I think that's where you find that, that high level of disappointment that Knicks fans and other organizations have, have seen throughout that type of hopeless uh, end to the season. Counterpoint to that is that David Griffin has won the first pick in the draft multiple yes. times, and I think he's I think he brings the best potato salad to the Illuminati barbecues. I just want to so say, I think that well, I think that it doesn't matter if where you the end Pelicans up. win the draft lottery back to back years. Every NBA analyst on ESPN will die from an from having an aneurysm, and I'm here for that. <laughs> David Griffin will also have a statue built if that happens. It, that guaranteed. tie is going in there first. I mean, and the it's like, lucky tie. If you guys haven't heard, he claims like, we, a lucky tie. We already have to build a statue for Shy Tuttle. We build a statue for David Griffin outside the Smoothie King Center. Like we do that. It's it's fine. We I'm need, all. We, we need something. I'm I'm, I'm 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 all for building statues, baby. Listen, all right. So we got the final trivia question. All right, this one, this one. Ooh, this one's a good one. All right, who, I'll just throw it out there. You, you, you say the answer, you get the, get the jersey from, oh, the sound effects are dead. So who won more, yeah, so, so who won more playoff games, Chris Paul or Anthony Davis for the New Orleans NBA franchise? Yeah. Yeah, Chris Paul. Who wins the jersey? Aggressive. Yeah, you, you, you. All right. Yay! So, yeah. Does anybody else have any any other questions? I've got, but I've got some some, some things I want to get talk. something off their chest. Get something off their chest, chest. But I want to ask you guys, like at the at the trade deadline, what's the guy the Pelicans have that teams will pay the most for? JJ Redick. Absolutely. JJ Redick shooting. Guys, it's all about shooting. And if you've watched any of these games, first of all, I commend you for that. Thank you. But, but <laughs> sure honestly, he makes, he's, he's making almost 50% of his three-pointers on the year. And this, this NBA, that's all it is about now is just scoring, making those threes. But, well, he's also probably the only player that's coming into the, these locker rooms at halftime and, and speaking, standing up, well, being the veteran. Here, here's my question, and Kevin, I want you to answer this. What do you think they could get for J.J. Redick? Mm. Uh, I think you can get a like a young player that hasn't really proven himself yet or has underachieved a little bit, possibly a protected first-round pick for him um, and, like, some salary filler. I haven't really looked into actual trades yet. Wait, 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 wait. You're not on the trade machine 23 hours a day like I Fletcher Mackle? I used to be. I used to be. But I've been busy lately. I've got a, a little bit more of a life now, so, like, I haven't That's been unacceptable. Um I'm trying to think of what I traded JJ for on 2K recently, but I did trade him recently. Um, but also, I could see, you know, I could see a world where Drew Holiday gets traded at the deadline or before then. Whoa, 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 whoa. You gotta play the breaking news. You gotta play the breaking news sound. Dive into that. Explain yourself there, buddy. All right, so. You know, like, the Ringer posted that article about the Miami trade, and I thought it was a pretty reasonable trade because if you look at the veterans that they signed, you think of them as sort of archetype players that they wanted to put around um, Zion long-term as he grows. So, like, 
uh, J.J. Redick could easily be replaced with a Tyler Harrow um, if you want to get a younger version of him. Um, in the Miami trade, you get a guy like Myers Leonard, who's not, he's not amazing, um, but, but he's way better than Jaleel Okafor, and he can shoot, he can stretch the floor from the five My spot. crippled ass is better than Jaleel Okafor. I'm exactly. just throwing that out there. Um, and, you know, Ken, uh, Kenrick Nunn uh, has been a phenomenal young point guard, uh, a position of need, and he drives, picks, you know, you get a first-round pick. There's a, there's a nice haul there, maybe even a Justice Winslow or some – you know, situation like that comes in where you get another big guy who can play the, the point guard or the four, or two forward positions. Um, so there's value there if you decide to go young. Um, I mean, I don't want to trade Drew Holiday in my heart, but I could see a world where it would happen, and it would make sense. There's, you know, because he's a quality player. He's, a, But I don't think, like we've always said, I don't think Anthony Davis or I don't think Drew Holiday are the, are the kind of guys that can be – the top player on a team, they have to be a sidekick. Um, and while you don't have Zion, or uh, you don't have Zion at all right now, and you don't have Zion at the level that you need him to be to carry the team at this moment, that you know Drew Holiday may be wasting away a little bit in the sense like let him go to a good situation. He served us well, you know, and you get a nice return back. Same thing with Anthony Davis, where you got a nice return back for a player that you thought would hopefully be a long-term piece here. Um, and I think you can build around Zion and Brandon Ingram and find pieces that fit that way. And I think getting a guy like Harrow, for sure, uh, really would help with spacing. And then I think Myers Leonard would be a nice fit in that center rotation long-term next to uh, Jackson Hayes and providing some spacing for Zion and those guys as well. I, I call them um, the vanilla ice uh, Miles Turner. You know, he's like... A, a shitty version of Miles Turner, and Miles Turner would be a great big man that I would love to pair next to Zion long term. Ollie, how sad. Just real quick, how many of you guys like Drew Holiday? How many Drew Holiday fans do we have? We're going to be sad. If they we, trade Drew Holiday, we're going to be sad. You would be sad, but wouldn't you be happy to see him actually winning somewhere? Because let's face it, honestly, Griffin anointed him to be an MVP candidate. Do you not think that those expectations were a little too high? I'm. I hate all any player that leaves my favorite teams and they succeed. <laughs> I hate it. We didn't talk about it on our podcast, but Dave's boyfriend, Mark Ingram, he's succeeding in Baltimore. I don't like it. It's been incredible. Yeah, I don't Sorry. like it. But here's, it, here's my question is if they trade Drew Holiday, how does that impact fan excitement? Because they went all in on him being a cornerstone and now they trade it. Here's the thing. You get something good for Drew Holiday. You already know this future is about Zion. Now you also know it's about Brandon Ingram. You've got potentially two of the best fours, the best tandem at their age, right, what, 19 and 22, for maybe the next 10 years. So you want to see what else you can put. And honestly, I'm a fan of adding, like, saying a center, like maybe Miles Turner, and you send him to Indiana. Guess what? He's got two other brothers that are up there playing for the Pacers, doing pretty well. So maybe you throw up there. But anyways, Andrew, what you got? We, oh, we got, got a lot of my question. <laughs> uh, so, all right, I live my life as a nihilistic and hopeless Georgia grad, um, but they got an exciting basketball player there, Anthony Edwards, right now. And so a little bit of question of how realistic is someone like that to pair with this front court in the future of, of the Pelicans, but also how realistic is it to say, all right, let's add a young player in the draft, let's add a young guy like Jackson Hayes, let's have Zion, let's have Brandon Ingram, can you sustainably 
build a core of four or five people for five or ten years now, or are things so dependent year to year where we were promised these expectations, they didn't live up? Can you actually, in today's league, in, in, in I guess, a league that changes so rapidly, expect to build something for even more than three or four years? Right. Uh, I feel, first of all, with the comment to Edwards in the draft, that it, it looks like going into to this round of, of prospects that you're looking at about four players, I believe. Off the, I might be wrong off the top of my head. Ball, um, Anthony, Edwards, and Hampton. Right. Um, so you're going to have to slip into the top four to get one of those. The good thing is, is you're not compromising Zion really at all if you're just looking at those four players. Once again, you have to land one of those spots to get him. But uh, I think the problem, and we touched on it a little bit earlier that you're dealing with when you're building with all these young players and, and trying to figure out who to put together is they don't really know who they ha what they have right now completely. So you're, now you're talking about do we trade Drew, do we trade JJ, what are we getting back, if it's Tyler Harrow, if it's you know Miami, what, all the different scenarios we've gone up. You're pairing them with the players that you already traded AD away for, Lonzo, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and you're trying to figure out how they work. So you're kind of working this equation and you're never getting to the end of it until you can get a full group of players healthy and you're not going to get that answer until you see a 20 to 25 game stretch where the core of players, whether it be what we have now or what they choose to trade and put together later and start playing basketball and seeing a <clears> run, then you're able to, to start making some guesses. I think that's an okay way to build, but I would still be hesitant if you're pushing these vets out of the door. One of the Pelicans' biggest problems, once again, is where's the voice, where's the alpha, where's the leadership? So if you're sending out a Drew Holiday, if you're sending out JJ, and you're bringing back young players, who's holding that locker room together? And if you're not bringing back any veterans, the franchise is saying we're putting that responsibility on Zion when you've sold this entire time that you're taking the pressure off of him, that he's not going to come back and be the savior. And if you set him up like that with a lot of young pieces around him, you're actually essentially doing the exact opposite. Yeah, and Andrew, just to further answer your question, you've got a limited time, you're right, to build a good team around a specific player before he wants to get out for whatever reason. With Zion, guess what? It's his rookie year. So you've got to think you can have him up to about seven years. That's typically you got the rookie contract plus his extension, which usually you resign with your original team because you can get paid the most. Usually almost every player stays and signs that extension. And then so you've got happens? seven years, right? So you've got this great incoming class. So you've got to worry about only Brandon Ingram, who chances are he resigns, gets a four-year max to resign, and he's going to give you three years. So three years is that window. So you can look and, and, and get, like, guys that, you know, Trevor was listening. You can keep chasing those top elite talents to build around this core because hopefully then they'll put it together. Then, wow, then maybe you hit the jackpot. Here, here's my question. How good do the Pelicans have to get in order to attract a top free agent and not be in that, oh, we overpaid for a guy who's kind of mediocre? I don't think it's ever going to happen just because you look, around the, I mean, you look around the league, you look at teams like Portland who are in the playoffs every year, just thinking that. teams like Denver like that, that are good teams that are always in the mix, but they just can't draw a free agent. We live in a market that is not going to drive. So it's got to be the draft. It's got to be draft. The it's difference be there is Zion, David Griffin, those types of things that a team like a, a Portland or, or a Denver might not have, you, you hope that that type of allure might be able to pull something. But I definitely agree with your points when you've got a team like Portland that's making it to the Western Conference Finals and can't get those types of guys either. It's, it's, and they have a – a sustained history of, of winning, unlike New Orleans. So it, it, it is incredibly hard. Those of you who have followed the Hornets and the Pelicans for a long time, <coughs> name me a better free agent that they have ever signed here other than J.J. Redick. Can you think of anybody? Was P.J. Brown a free agent? No, he wasn't. No. 
So what I'm saying is actually David Griffin, and and of course it was the excitement of Zion, but still David Griffin was able to make it happen. Derek Favors supposedly wanted to come here from Utah. They gave him like a list of teams you want to go to because they were going to trade him. They needed to make space on their roster to add another shooter, and they already had Rudy Gobert. He picked New Orleans. So there is a chance, I feel like, that we could get somebody, but it's not going to be like well, how Kevin Durant. How much, how much was that the excitement of Zion? And how much does that, once Zion starts playing and starts dunking on people, yeah. the excitement will be back? I think one of the biggest tests will see how um, – like Dallas does, because you know you got a young guy like Luka Doncic in a in a in a city. While Dallas is a big market, they're not like a destination city. So if he's able to draw another top guy to come down there to join him in Porzingis, then we'll know that maybe the tide is turning in that sense. Or maybe even Giannis in Milwaukee, but they're not having much success drawing big name free agents over there either. I just think it's just the nature. I mean, even like you said, JJ is our biggest free agent signing thus far and he's 35 years old you know so it's not like we're gonna get a guy in his prime coming off this rookie contract that everybody's bidding for we still have to deal with you know new uh brooklyn the two la teams miami teams like that that have better destination cities um possibly zion can change that anthony davis didn't change that chris paul didn't change that so i don't know of course when Chris Paul was here, the NBA was a little bit different. Um, you know, now it's more of a, you don't necessarily have to be in the big market to get the endorsements and the spotlight um, that you did back in the, those days. Um, so we could be moving in that direction, but until I see a, a team that's not one of those big cities sign somebody, then uh, I'm going to say that it's going to be built through trades and drafts. Final question as we get in the last three, four minutes here. In the hour, I want, and I'm gonna start with you, Trevor, and I want all three of you to answer. The excitement that they had with Zion was off the charts. They broke records with ticket sales. Will that continue into 2020? And what has to happen for it to do so? I simply think he has to play and he has to show he has to just be him. He's box office. I mean, that's the reason that people are paying t- paying for tickets. And when they come in the arena and see him do the things that only he can do, only a human built like him is able to do, then I think they're going to immediately fall back in love with him. And you're going to see the same type of excitement leading into next season with all the, also the same type of fear that something similar happens again, which seems to happen to the Pelicans every season not just now with, with all the hope and everything. It's happened with Anthony Davis. It's happened with Chris Paul team. So you hope going into the next season that you don't face that again. But I think all he has to do is show up on the court and be himself, and that same excitement is going to come right back to this team. Yeah, and In terms of basketball sense, it might not make a lot of sense to bring um, Zion back if he's not ready soon because, you know, you could always get a better pick. He could come back next year, get rookie of the year, get those kind of accolades. But in terms of marketing, it's very important that he comes back because I think without him coming back, it is exactly what we Trevor said. A, we just need a taste, right? Like yeah. Even if it's just, even if it's just like March, April, like it, we just need like a little bit, like the season ticket holders, just, or like me for League Pass, like I just need to see, like 
12 games of Zion, I'll be like, fuck, I got to get the league pass for 2021 because he just dunked on that dude, and I got to see that every night. You mentioned Drew earlier, too, and I think the question you asked was, like, where's how, how you know, upset would fans be if Drew went away in terms of excitement? Will you look at some of the players that are on this team, Jackson Hayes, J.J. Redick, Brandon Ingram, those guys are getting more excitement right now when Zion comes back into the fold. That's just going to be magnified by the types of players that he's playing around and the guys that are already doing it. And when you have him doing it at a level ten times higher than that, uh, uh, more athletic than that, all those types of things, then, then you're going to get that same level of excitement. Ralph, it's an easy answer. ESPN, TNT, all of the ones that decide on how many games they're going to show nationally – didn't see Zion play a single minute before they gave the Pelicans a perennial loser. What was it? 30 national games. Yeah, I think yeah. it was at least 20 on ESPN TNT. If they did it once, they'll do it again. This how guy's a real deal. How many, how many games do we need to see of Zion to keep all the excitement? One. <laughs> One. <laughs> One. It's easy. This season's been such a disappointment. That's all literally we're all waiting I, for. I just, need, I just need one dunk to leave. <laughs> no, it needs team. honestly to be more than one, right? You got to actually believe, hey, this guy's not going to break down every other second. I so. don't know. It's only $112 to buy the lead pass <laughs> just the Pelicans. Pelicans I, fans fall for that, for that love easy, definitely. I think we all do. So. I, but the thing is, I want to believe in the Pelicans. Right. Like, I talk myself into it. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Guys, thanks for the bird rice people. Thanks for sticking around. Um, I want to thank this man again, Andrew Stevens. Stand your ass up. Seriously, stand up. Um, I want to thank Oli, Kevin Barrios. He did all the sound. He got all this room set up together. This is all him right here. Uh, Trevor for showing up. I want to thank everybody. And, of course, my wife for giving out the T-shirts. But, guys, thanks for showing up. We appreciate you. Go to thebirdrights.com, subscribe to their podcast, subscribe to Saints Happy Hour. We love you. Have a great time. Thanks. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today.